Welcome to Are You Real, episode 49 with Pete Sanchez. Welcome to Are You Real? Finding the Authentic You, the podcast that focuses on Christians that are active in everyday life. Join in as we speak to everyone from successful business owners to educators to athletes about their faith and how it helps them reach out and revolutionize those around them to do the same. And now, get ready to roar with your host, the voice of manifestation, John Fuller. Pete! I'm here, John. Awesome, brother. You ready? I am fired up. Let's do this, man. All right. Pete Sanchez is 32 years old. He's from a small border town in California called Calexico. He, his family is immigrants from Mexico and the Philippines. He's married for three years and this, uh, coming this June. He has two kids, 16 months and two months old. Brother, you got your hands full. Oh yeah. Praise the Lord. Glory. <laughs> yeah. Studied software engineering, was working in computers and co-working changed his life. A co-worker changed his life when he gave him a Bible and a book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. 11 years in network marketing and real estate investing. He has built teams all over the world, flipped houses, spoken on stage to as many as 15,000 people internationally, and he's gotten to share his testimony on how God radically changed his life, living on fire for Jesus. All right, Pete, man, just barely scratching into who you are, dude. Tell me more about you, what you do, and your passion for Jesus, my friend. Awesome. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you, John, for this opportunity. Just really blessed to be here. And hopefully this really you know, brings a lot of value and it really touches people's life because a lot of people can relate with someone's story, right? And so again, I just want to acknowledge you and thank you for your time. When you reached out to me, I was like, well, I don't really want to do just any other podcast. So I, I went into your website and then I was like, okay, it's for God. Let's do this. I don't know. Just I want to be able to share my story. My, my I want to be able to talk about God and in the business world, success world, you know, people just, they don't, they think that they don't need Jesus, right? Because they have, you know, millions of dollars and, and they're traveling the world, everything's great in their life, but yet they're just, they don't have that eternal perspective. So, so I'm glad that I'm on this, uh, I'm on this podcast. And uh, like you mentioned a little bit about my story, I mean, I, I come from a very small border town uh, called Calexico and there's not really much to do down there. Uh, in the summer, it gets about 115 degrees. It's really hot, dry desert weather and so people don't really go out you kind of just stay in your home and and just uh you know hang out in the ac but so it's not really much to grow and and i was raised there for about uh you know 20 years and eventually moved to to san diego where i've been living for the last 11 years i think this is going to be my permanent home for the rest of my life i love it you know yeah, I, I was sorry to cut you off but talk about a big shift from calexico to san diego my friend it'd be kind of hard not to want to leave <laughs> right yeah exactly believe it or not i've actually been to calexico mexicali or something i did no, no, no. actually what happened was is uh when i was in eighth grade we were district champions in our pop warner football team and we got invited to play a uh, game in calexico and we actually played in mexico on a field that was supposed to be a football field, which was, I think, we ended up playing in headlights, glass, dirt, and some scratch lines, which was pretty funny. So it gave a whole <laughs> new meaning to football for me, but we yeah, played oh, yeah. a game, and uh, it was pretty awesome. So Awesome. Well, I'm glad you, you got to uh, see a glimpse of uh, where I'm from, very small city, as you probably know it. You probably just 
blinked and you pass right by it. So yes, indeed. it's that small. So, so yeah, I moved to San Diego because, you know, in, in high school, I, I just knew I was different. Didn't really fit in. I, you know, I try to hang out with the skateboarders, try to hang out with the cool kids, the smart kids. I just, I was just trying to find, I guess, my identity. And I was, one of my gifts is networking. So I was just cool with everyone. Like I could hang out with anyone, but I still just felt different. And, um, while all my peers were, you know, they were doing the whole senior prom and, and having fun and all that. I was thinking about like, man, I just want to be successful. I want to get out of the city. I want to do something different. So so I had two jobs during my senior year. And then I was also going to junior college at night because, again, I wanted to, I didn't want to be like everyone else. I, I just I had clear vision of, of what I wanted to do. And so I sacrificed all that stuff. I sacrificed the proms and all that and going to the party, the senior parties. But I look back at my life now and I'm like, I'm, I'm glad I did all that because it really set a foundation of hard work and working smart. I just knew I was different. And when I moved to San Diego, you know, I just followed the path that society and, you know, our parents, our teachers tell us, right? You, you got to, you want to be successful, you got to go to school, get good grades, get a good job, put your money in a 401k and, you know, you'll retire happy and, and you have a million dollars in your bank account when you're 65. And, and I went that route, but it wasn't working out for me. You know, I was working in a cubicle doing software and I was just like, there's got to be more to this in life. I mean, I don't know if I could do this for the next 30 years. And a coworker of mine completely changed my life. His middle name is actually Jesus. It's kind of funny. That's awesome. Uh, so Jesus, uh, helped, Jesus literally <laughs> helped, helped you. Jesus literally sent Jesus to help me. Like, it's funny how he's... I love it. Yeah, his, his, name is, his name is Eddie Jesus Juarez and Diaz, I mean, sorry. Eddie Jesus Diaz and... His dad actually happens to be a pastor out of uh, El Paso, Texas, I think, that area. So you're in your area. Yeah. And there was something different about this guy. I mean, he, you know, he spoke about God really freely. He spoke about business and just he, he had a personal training business. And he talked about all these uh, just things that I've never heard of. Like he had so much confidence in his life. And, and I was over here, this shy, quiet software engineer. I'm 21, 22 at that time. I don't have a girlfriend because I'm just like, I don't know how to talk to women. I just have no confidence, no self-esteem. I mean, it's just, it's pretty bad. Like, So real quick, not- I want to, I want to ask you, did you go to college, I guess, to be a software engineer? Is that the deal? Yes. You thought, yeah. Okay. So you thought that was the path that you wanted to take? Yes. During all this time, I was going to college at the same time and, and my coworker, he's like, Hey, um, I want to give you these two books. And, and the, it was the Bible and Rich Dad Poor Dad. And I was like, well, I'm not really much of a reader. When it, and when it comes to God, I'm like, you know, I'll go to I'll go to church maybe Christmas, Easter. That's about it. I'll pray sometimes. You know, I, I was raised in a, you know, being Hispanic, being Mexican, I was raised in a Catholic household. So very religious, very ritual based. You know, you show up on Sundays and, and you know, you say the same things and you just kind of sit there and don't really know what's going on uh, with them. Can't really connect to the message. And that was my, I guess, my understanding of who God was. And my parents, you know, they did the best to, to you know, portray his image. I mean, they, you know, they, they didn't yell at each other. They didn't fight. They, they didn't, my parents don't cuss, anything like that. But they just didn't have that intimacy with Jesus that I'm experiencing now. And so I just thought it was normal that we could just go to church once in a while when we wanted. And we could still go partying and hang out and just do what we want. And we just show up on Sunday and it's all good. Kind of like a membership. That's it. You know? yeah. <laughs> the Jesus so, membership. Yeah, 
you know, I just I pull the card whenever I need it, whenever I'm down and out, and I I need you know my my Jesus ATM card. If I need help, I'll you know I'll pull, got I'll him put on in there. got him in speed dial when things go bad, so you can call him up right away. That's it. But once I'm once I use it, I put it back in my pocket, you know, and and I, I know he's there, but I'm not you know whenever I need it, so to speak. That was my that was my relationship with God, and and so when he gave me the Bible, I was like kind of interested. I was like, wow, this is kind of cool. You know, I'll, I'll definitely look into it. And he kept inviting me to church and I kept telling him no. I'm like, nah, I'm okay. I'm good. You know, it's just a typical, I'm good. You know, I don't need it. Like, and I started reading this Rich Dad Poor Dad and I was like, wow, this is pretty interesting stuff. And as I just kept reading both books, I think he had given to me sometime like around, I want to say like like a September 2006 and by December you know, come Christmas time and then, you know, you're supposed to be joyful. There's a lot of things going on, but I just felt really, really empty, just really not going anywhere. Like, kind of just this depression of like, man, like my life is just, I have no purpose. How old are you at it, this point? It's 21, 22. So you, have you graduated yet or you're still in school? I'm still in school. Okay. I'm so, school. and I'm just walking through this for my listeners and myself. So you're reading this book, obviously it's starting, you're starting to ask yourself some questions here because you think you're going to school for engineering and you're starting to realize that you you feel like you're not making any headway in life, I take it? That's correct, yes. Okay. Yep. And this was December 2006 when when he had, he invited me to church. It was it was December 7th, 2006. He invited me to church that uh, that Thursday, I believe it was Thursday and he he said, "Hey, come to church with me." And I said, "You know what? Uh, yeah, I do because he didn't know what was going on behind the scenes. You know, we, we, we put this mask on that everything is going great. But in reality, you know, our life's a mess and a lot, we don't want to be transparent. We don't want to tell other people. We don't want to bring it to the light. And that's who I was at that point. And, and I said, you know, yeah, I'll go to church, like all, all cool, whatever. Uh, we sat in the very front. Anybody knows and you've all, you know, anybody, when you know God's calling you, like it's so crystal clear on that message because I sat there in the very front and that message, I just felt like it was quiet. Like the whole room was like, if it was speaking, the pastor was speaking directly to me, everything he was talking about. I was like, I was just getting hit with the Holy Spirit. Like, boom, boom, boom. I was like, oh my, what is going on here? Was it, now hold like, on. Was it good or were you frustrated? Cause I've had, friends. oh it was, no, it was amazing. Like, oh, okay. Was Cause like, I've, I've had friends literally just get pissed off, dude. Like they've gone and they're like, man, that pastor was talking right to me. How does he know my business? He read my mail. I'm like, dude, he doesn't know you from Adam, man. I'm like, you're just living like God's speaking to you. And it's funny because people will leave and be like, oh, that made me so mad. He was talking to me. Oh, yeah. No, it's, I, I was ready. I was, you know, either you're going to go there with a hardened heart or you're going to go with an open heart. And again, I was already feeling down and out. I knew that I needed something. So I was, I, I came in with, with searching. You know, I was hungry. I was open for it. You know, my, my, uh, and I, I was, I was ready, ready to receive that information. And I sat there and just like blew my mind. And they did the altar call. I rose my hand and I said, okay, Lord, like I, I'm going to give myself to you. And they took me to the back, you know, said, said my prayer of salvation to God. I just really asked him to come into my heart. A couple of days later, I'm getting baptized as an adult because we you know our Catholic background faith, you know, we're baptized as babies and when we really have no conscious, choice right of, of, of what we're, what's going on so i made it as an adult consciously that i want him to come into my heart and that started the process of discipleship for me uh, of t- wanting to grow more in god and at the same time again i was reading the book rich dad poor dad and and i was so captivated by the information of this book of what what the wealthy teach their kids that the poor and the middle class don't and because my parents 
and, and their parents, you know, they don't come from from wealth. You know, they're just my, my parents work. My dad's a mechanic. My mom works at a juvenile detention center, and again, their parents just worked in the field, so they're very limited on their financial knowledge. And I felt like I was lied to after this book. I like I was lied to by family, friends, our school system, indoctrination, just a lot of stuff. And I was like, wow, like this is why. You know, we continue to live in this in this world being stuck, you know, financially and just we're not living our purpose. We don't know how to goal set. We're not living our fullest potential uh, of our identity of what God has designed us to be because of just all of these indoctrinations mentally from, from, you know, not understanding how money works and then, you know, bringing a lot of poverty mindset into your life of, you know, money's the root of all evil or money doesn't grow on trees or we can't afford that. It's just hearing all that stuff, it becomes part of your identity. So when you, you know, if you want to excel in your finances, you're stuck in their deep rooted issues. They're, we call, I call them blind spots that you can't even see because it, you've been conditioned for all these years that, that you don't even know that they're there. That's the worst part until somebody points them out to you, gives you a book or brings you to a seminar or, you know, you watch a YouTube video on finances and it just, it clicks for you and you're like, wow, I've never heard that before. You start understanding that there's just a different type of education out there. And I got super excited. I was like, oh my God, I want to, I want more of this information. I just started consuming books and seminars and, you know, put down the partying. And I'm like, I'd rather go to a seminar on a Saturday of real estate or finances or or learning about personal development, and and I just read hundreds and hundreds of these of these books, you know, Think and Grow Rich, and you know Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence People, and just so many books. And and at the same time, I'm growing in the Lord. But now, as I'm growing this new confidence, I, it it was a great thing, but it also led me down a really dark path because I'm. That's, I'm, that's what I wanted to ask you real quick because yeah. I knew we had talked, and and I apologize for cutting you off, but I'm going to cut you off a lot because I'm good at it. I mean that sarcastic. No, 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 don't worry. But what I want to get at is when we had spoken before, you had make transition changes. So I don't know where we're at at that. And I want to go down that story as far as um, I don't know if you got saved and then went down a dark path and then had, and then kind of got right again with the Lord because you got convicted or if that happened before you got saved. But take me down because I know at some point you had gotten really successful, done really well, and then... um and then got humbled. Yes. Okay. Yes, um, so take me there because I want to know, like, I want to hear about your success, but I, I love hearing crash courses because, man, when when we crash, that's when God just comes in. And what I love about it is, is because he restores us to his original intent, which is relationship with him. And we learn so much. So take me there. Yes. So, yeah, so after reading all these books, I started getting introduced to business. I got introduced to network marketing, and I tried that for two years. Totally sucked at it. My first company only made $1,000 in two years. Just didn't know what I was doing. You know, again, my background is software engineering. So a lot of that mental mindset I had to get over and just the fear of talking to people, prospecting, you know, networking. So it, it takes time to build any business, especially if you're coming from, you know, a deep-rooted employee mindset. It's going to take time to overcome that stuff. So so I, don't, I didn't make it there. And then I was like, okay, well, what's what's the next business venture? And Robert Kiyosaki and Rich Dad is always talking about real estate. So I was like, this is, I think this is where I want to go. 
start looking into real estate investing because I, I don't like I don't know if I, w- I don't want to be an agent I don't want to show around properties I want to make offers on my own properties and just something attractiveness of being a real estate investor I don't know, it just it just sounds awesome like sounds sexy that's what you want it just just sounds yeah it sounds so awesome and sexy like like I don't want to say I'm a realtor like no I'm a I'm a real estate developer I'm a real estate like that but you know I flip houses and I make large checks like I just that sounds so much sexier and it's the same work that agents do I probably less work because we don't have to show around properties we're just dealing with numbers right? right so so i got involved with this company called renatus and it was just amazing education platform and i got i got educated with them did that for about four years started flipping short sales during that whole 2008 crash i mean it was just a great time to be doing short sales is one in eight of people were losing their homes, unfortunately, but from a business investing standpoint, I mean, it was just, there was just so much inventory f- to flip and started making some big checks with my mentors, you know, 50,000, 40, 30s, you know, 10, 15s, like just all over the board. And, and this is where you can get corrupted if you're not strong in the Lord, you know, as I was really growing my faith and, you know, newly saved and, and learning that process, you know, well, here you get thrown that type of money and you've never really, I haven't really experienced the world, you know, uh, of what it offers because, again, I was shy, quiet. I didn't, really didn't understand it. So, man, I had money now. I'm like, let's go explore the world. I have confidence. I'm learning sales skills. So, so at this I'm, point, I'm just, and I'm just asking, your confidence obviously is not in the Lord. Your confidence is in money right now because you realize you're young, obviously, so there's a lot of grace there, but you're really starting to get confident because the big checks are rolling in. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Yes. So I've been there. Trial. I've been there, brother. I've, I've, I've yeah. crashed hard too. So I know what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. No, and I, so now I'm going to the clubs, you know, find nice clothes. I'm studying like my communication skills. I start reading these books on uh, pickup artists. I start going on these online forums to just learn how to seduce women because I just thought that was awesome. I'm like, this is like the bachelor life that I want to live. Like, I want to travel the world. I want to have all these women. I want to be glorified and just want to be wealthy and rich. I, this is where my world was all about that. And it just kept getting darker and darker. And, and at this point, too, I mean, I was already addicted to pornography since my early teens. So just that got out of control because now I'm like, I have money. So I'm like just purchasing things just on the Internet. Okay, um, so time out real quick though. Are you uh, are you going to church at all still during this time, or have you just kind of oh yeah? Absolutely. Okay, I, so you're still going. absolutely yeah. I'm going to church on Sunday, and you know, definitely sitting there quiet. You know, when you hear those convicting messages, but yet I didn't want to let it go. I didn't want to surrender that lifestyle because it was so much fun and the lust and just everything about it. Right, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh. It was just. You know, at that time, it was like, man, this is awesome. I'm like, because I haven't experienced this and I want more of it. And I was like, okay, God, you know, I know you're there, but I'm not, I'm not willing to surrender this. So the whole week was just living in sin and darkness. And, and now I'm like, again, I have the money. So now I'm starting to get into prostitutes now. I'm going to sit around with prostitutes as I'm traveling to different countries. And then just real estate's going well. And then, you know, just everything's going well. And then, Still messing around, living this, living this lie, basically. You know, people don't know that this, all this stuff is going on behind the scenes. And so nobody knew what you were doing. Obviously, okay. So you're hiding it. I mean, you got your front face on. You're, you got two masks going. You got your good one and your bad one going. Oh yeah, and I was very good at it. Okay. 
So you're a master manipulator. Absolutely. Just Absolutely. like Jacob in the Bible. Man, that's it. All right. That was me. Dude, this is a I good would, story, man. You got yeah, me hooked, dude. I'm enjoying this. You, shoot, I took advantage of my own family to buy real estate. Like, I, I would sell my family like, oh, yeah, everything's going to be great. We're going to make a lot of money. And I had family members co-sign on loans that they shouldn't have gone into. And eventually those crashed. I ended up foreclosing on a property and that my cousin was attached to that one. So that ruined her credit. Oh. My parent, my parents were in some transactions. I think they had invested like $25,000. That was gone. Some markets, short sale markets dying down. I'm like, okay, like what's going on here? And just started losing properties. Just everything's just coming to an end basically. And just, and again, but I'm still messing around. And this is where I hit rock bottom is, you know, I'm messing around on Craigslist, posting these personal ads, you know, entrepreneurs, you know, because I was good. I was good at sales. I'm good at lead generation. So I use those tactics to to manipulate women. And I would be like, I would put these awesome manipulating posts on on the personals. Like I made myself seem like this amazing man. Like, you know, I got goals. I got, you know, I got, I go to church and this and that, but yet these women didn't know that all I wanted to do was to sleep with them and then use them, abuse them and just move on to the next woman. And I treated it like a business, generating leads and disqualifying, disqualifying them. And just, it was just out of control, man. And one of those ladies that answered my ad, she happened to be a married woman. And I was like, wow, this is going to be interesting. Like, like the, the excitement of what if we get caught and this and that. And, you know, I just, I hit rock bottom. You know, I went to the point where I, paid for a hotel and you know i had a sexual relationship with this lady once and i just remember leaving that hotel and i was just like what what am i doing like like this is not i just i just felt so dirty and you felt convicted empty and just i was just like where is my life going this is not who god designed me to be and my friend uh, jesus the same guy eddie here we go he comes and changes my life again he's Does like he hey, know what's going on no he, him and I, we were partying together, you know, because he was also what one foot in, one foot out. Okay. But uh, but he didn't know the the deep dark stuff. Right. It was just like he he knew that yeah, because we were roommates too at one point. So so he's like, hey, um, you know, I'm gonna be joining this this program at church. It's called Impact 195 from the Rock Church here in San Diego, and it's a one year discipleship school. I think I think you should come check it out. And I was like, okay, well, I'll come I'll come with you to the open house week. And I sat through the whole week and I was like, here we go. Here, here we go again. God's calling me like crystal clear message. And I gave God every excuse. I was like, I was like, well, Lord, I don't know if I want to do this. I don't really have the time right now. I don't have the finances. So you just, said you don't just, have the finances. Are you starting to uh, yeah, so really starting winding to like, down then? Winding down on the whole short sale business. It's dying down. So I'm like, I'm like, I got to conserve this money. Like just all these excuses and I was like, no, I'm not doing this. And then like two days later, the, the Lord just makes things happen. If he really wants you, he's going to open up the doors. And my mentor's like, hey, by the way, we got uh, an approval on one of your short sales and we're going to be closing soon. So I was like, whoa. So I think it was like $40,000 on that one, which was way more than enough money to just uh, sit back and enjoy this whole year of this program and really dive into it, give myself to it. And, and that's what I did. I, I said, okay, well, Obviously, Lord, you know, you're, you want me to do this because you made it happen and which really tested my faith. I mean, I remember just crying in my car because I knew that was him. I knew that, that he really wanted me to do this. And here in my little mustard seed faith, 
God was still faithful to me. And, and it just made me cry, man, because I'm like, he loves me so much that, that he's willing to bless me and show me grace and mercy even when I don't deserve it. Like, I want to know who this Jesus is. And, and I went through this program and it was just, it blew, it rocked my world. I mean, it's, you're there from Monday through Friday for five hours a day. You're in the word, different, different books of the Bible. We go on retreats like for the whole week and we'll study like the book of Joshua for this week, you know, out in the wilderness. And we spend 24 hours by ourselves out in the wilderness in a tent. Like they really throw you in the, in the deep end and this program. And then we go to third world mission trips. You know, we went, I went to gypsy villages out in Romania. I went to the Philippines, Mexico, just different places. And I just received so much truth. I mean, I would leave out of these classes crying in my car and just like sob, like, just hysterically sobbing just because of understanding who God is and and what he did for me and just really seeing the cross clearly like just that and just made me look at all my the darkness in me and I'm like there's just it's amazing like how is he going to redeem me like this like I can't believe he loves me that much that he's willing to still like open up his arms to me even after I just literally spit on his face all the time and I was such a hypocrite and just everything. And and he's still there to, to show me his love. Like, this is somebody that I want to uh, spend the rest of my life worshiping now and getting to know of more of who he is. And I'm, my heart's just changing, man. My heart is changing. I'm renewing my mind. I'm just, God's working on me. He's, he's just radically changing my heart. And I graduated the program and, and I came out of there fired up and, and I just got you know, I, I got a really clear vision of what our purpose is. Okay, so that's that was my next question. Okay, so let's go there. So you've gone through this program. You've really, I mean, a year. Wow, that's awesome. So you really had a mind shift. At what point did you find, like, you have this moment. You're like, this is what I'm created to do. Take me to that moment. And, like, you realize, like, you're taking passions, skills that you've acquired over the last couple of years, what God's laid on your heart. What did you put together from there? In the course, they talk about there's three different tracks that we call them. They have the the mission, the mar- the missions markets. So anybody who wants to go to third world countries, if you're called to be a missionary, you go down studying that track. And then they have the ministry track. If anybody wants to be like a pastor or just serve in the church, anything like that capacity, you go through the ministry track. And then they have the third one which is the one where I was at, is the marketplace track. These are for people who want to spread the gospel out in the workplace. And I just resonated. I just connected really well with it because I was like, as I start, as I'm reading the Bible, I'm like, well, it just things started popping out of why the marketplace, why I believe the marketplace is, is the mission field, because this is, this is where we spend most of the majority of our time, especially here in the U.S. You know, most of us work nine to five, so we're out in the marketplace you know, that seven or eight out of the 12 disciples, they were all business owners or, or self-employed. So I don't know why Jesus chose the majority of them to be business owners, but I look at myself and I look at other business owners and I, I see, I see possibly, you know, why Jesus would do that. And, you know, we're, we're great networkers. We know how to raise money. You know, we're, we're, we have influence, we have leadership skills, we have, we, have, we know how to set business plans and stuff like that. We know how to communicate with people. So I'm like, it makes, it's awesome. Like it makes sense that Jesus would use these business people to really change the world, you know, inspired by the Holy Spirit. So that, that got me more fired up. Cause I'm like, well, God, I don't feel like I'm called to the mission place. 
right now, maybe in the future, you know, if you call me to Africa to live in a hut, you know, prepare me for that. But uh, at the moment, I'm in the business world. It brings me a lot of joy, which you said it's a gift. And I want to continue you know, spreading your gospel in the business world. This is where I'm called to. And and that's where I, I really got a crystal clear vision of, of what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to go out there and, uh, and our purpose is to have an intimate relationship with Jesus. But at the same time, we're out there to share the same, that, that message and go make disciples. So I was like, okay, Lord, if I planted the seed of me making disciples, you know, I'm, I know I'm supposed to do it within the context of the marketplace. And, and for me, that's the business Okay, so you recognize that. So so you recognized you enjoyed business. I I love the program. I don't know anything about it, but that's really awesome that they hit those three areas. Because when I got saved at 20, coming out of a a lifestyle a lot like yours, just not on that magnitude because I was broke in college, still coming out of darkness, a lot of times when I see when I got saved, I thought, man, I have to give up business. That was kind of the context of the church that I was in was almost like, I got to give up what I love to go serve Jesus. And I got to go be a missionary or I got to be a pastor or something like that. And I've seen so many people struggle with that. And that they don't realize there's a whole marketplace ministry. Like it doesn't matter whether you're in business or what you do, like we're called to use our gifts and talents, what we, what God instilled in us, what we love to do. And when you partner that with your love and your relationship with Jesus, dude, like sky's the limit. But people don't always recognize that. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Something about there's this a general message that, you know, you have to be a pastor or you gotta be a missionary or you're not faithful. You're not you're not you're not glorifying God and that's you know, that's 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 a lie. Because just some of the stuff that I've been able to do to business, the reach that I have, I sometimes I have more reach than what most pastors have in their church of a hundred people. Like yeah. where I can reach, I can reach thousands on the internet or on a on a business platform stage, like the one I spoke on, fifteen thousand people. I got to share my testimony on stage, and I did an altar call. I said, I said, Lord, shoot. I'm willing to get I'm willing to get taken out of this company, you know, for whatever compliance or you can't be talking about Jesus up on stage. I said, "Forget this. I'm I'm you gave me this stage. This is your stage, Jesus, and I'm going for it." You know, and, and every stage that I got up there, you know, thank God no one ever told me like you can't be talking about that, but I shared about my you know, my porn addiction and all that because I get, at this point I'm already free of myself. Right. I understand my identity now. I understand my identity and, and I'm fired up I, you know, that roaring lions in me and I just want to go share it. And in the business world, there's just so much people, there's so much brokenness, you know, people are just like, people are going to be like me chasing the money and self glorification and, you know, and they're going to be into all these, just like I was, you know, I was into all these self-help books and, and I'm not, I wouldn't even pick up the Bible and I'm like, you know, now pe- reading the Bible is like everything that I read in these books. It was all it was all in the Bible. It's all in the Bible. Yeah, yeah all, a lot of all in there. a lot of people don't realize self help books. A lot of that stuff is just regurgitated biblical. Down. Yeah, biblical principles that have been regurgitated or using that metaphor per se uh, and just rewriting it. Exactly, exactly. And Solomon tells us that there's nothing new under the sun. So it's already been done. Pete, Good. I want to ask you. Okay, so now that you've made this shift, gone through the school. How do you feel like the Lord and the Holy Spirit have changed your business and dynamic? So obvious is you have a new mindset, but how has that, I'm curious, has it increased your business profitability, what you do? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's like any other business, you're going to have your ups and downs. But the one thing that I could say is that God always shows up. 
He always provides. Doesn't matter if you're having a good month or a bad month, you're going to get through that month. And I've seen God just show up over and over on it. So, yeah, he's, de- he's definitely blessed, you know, blessed our lives in so many ways. And he's also given us the seasons of drought and challenges to, to become more of his image. So, I've, I've experienced both of those of those seasons and and they're both great because they're both obviously there to to glorify God at the end of. Yeah. Pete, what do you feel like your biggest strength is in what you do as far as business and with the Lord? Have you recognized your, I, I would say you've definitely recognized your giftings. You've talked about them a little bit. Give me a little bit more into detail about how you found your gifts and then what, what, how strong you are in those, I guess. During the, during this course, Impact 195, we go through our spiritual gifts. We do tests on that. We find out how we're uniquely designed. And I find out that some of my gifts are, you know, teaching. So I have the gift of teaching. I love teaching. The other one is a gift of giving. So, you know, when I make money, I love to give. Uh, just, you know, I want to make a lot of money so that I can give back to to fund missionaries and pay for some of these students tuition for this program that I that I did. Like, like I love to give and I'm like, Lord, this is like this. This is one of my, my constant prayers is like, Lord, just, you know, thank you for blessing me financially. You know, just continue to bless me so that I can fund your kingdom because people need to be sent you know, to spread the gospel. You know, a lot of missionaries need finances and a lot of churches need finances too. And they need people like us. They need business owners who know how to, you know, create wealth and create um, profits. We can turn around and obviously be good stewards of it and take care of our finances. But that's, um, with the increase and the overflow is to, uh, you know, make sure we have our time. I then at the same time give offerings and so that obviously fun, is an issue projects, for yeah. you. So to give in the church, some people that's hard. They don't understand the concept of sowing and reaping. So giving for you is natural. So that one's easy for you, huh? Absolutely, absolutely. I love to give. I mean, just yeah. See homeless. I'm just like look at my wallet. Like here you go. Here's whatever's in my wallet. Take it. Like I love you. Jesus loves you. Yeah. And just walk you know so it's just like and then i and then right after i'm like lord just keep funding my my bank account because i just want to keep giving it and you know one thing i learned is you just can't out give god yeah so so the gift gift of teaching leadership and uh and giving so i've been using all those currently in in the marketplace through the real estate business i'm actually creating a five-week course right now for network marketers it's built it's about building a god-centered business so it's going to have discipleship in it and it's going to take network markers through a five-week course of discovering your purpose, how to connect your business to what God wants you to do, just really understanding your identity. Most, you know, there's a lot of lies out there from the enemy in in the, in the entrepreneur's mind that you know that that they're not good enough, that you know they have so much fear where they can't even pick up the phones to prospect for their business, whatever business they're at. And, you know, the Bible says that we weren't given the spirit of fear, but that Peace, we have this. love, and a sound mind, baby. Yeah, exactly. So we, we're supposed to be bold. And, you know, I've been broken from it. And I'm like, that's what I, I want to share that message. And at the same time, it's going to disciple people because a lot of these people are, I know they're not in the word, you know. I, I know they, they're they're like me back in my past where it was like business 24-7. So here's my chance. Here's an opportunity for me to plant you know, bring the gospel in into the business world here again and, and spread it. Yeah. So, okay. Even if one person gets touched. So Pete, what do you feel like a weakness is though for you? I mean, all of us have a kryptonite and what I've typically found is it's within our strength. Uh, I know it is for me. I can either overextend my strength 
or what I found is the very thing that I'm called to, which uh, for instance, I'm an encourager is one of my gifts. I love to encourage. I love to see people prosper. But yet on the flip side of that, that's where the enemy attacks me the hardest sometimes is discouragement. And that's just kind of a nugget to throw out there to the listeners. Uh, sometimes you don't even realize the very thing you struggle with the most is the thing you're, you're called to. Have you found that the same in your life? Absolutely, yes. For me, it's just being consistent, being consistently in God's presence because, you know, when you're an overachiever, you're ambitious, you just have so much ideas, so much things that you want to do. You want to be involved in all these ministries. And uh, and if you have a family, you got to, you know, you got to protect the time with that. So that's what my weakness is, is just overextending myself and wanting to do too many things. And then and that, that cuts into that quiet time that's, you know, just being still and knowing that God's there and that he can be ultimately exalted. It's just getting in the word and watching sermons or just just wanting to, just having the time to be in his presence because the world can be very demanding. And especially when you're in leadership, people want your time. They want you to be in these ministries. They want you to do this these almost outreach just and you could just overextend yourself and then you're just like well then you're like by the end of the week you're just drained and it's because you didn't you weren't in you know you didn't spend time with god like jesus jesus was like hey well what about me and you like when are we gonna hang out you know when are you gonna when are you gonna get it that's a constant battle it's a daily thing that especially the entrepreneurs we're just gonna have it's a daily thing to just recognize and put those daily habits of getting up and right acknowledging God, prayer, start off with prayer, get in the word, you know, don't check your Facebook, don't check the emails. And then because then that's just going to drive you back into the business. So those little things as uh, every day, just got to work at it. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. That's funny you said that because I mean, every week I feel like somebody asked me, they're like, hey, you need to come do this ministry with me or you need to get involved in this or constantly. And and, uh, and I get asked that all the time. And I finally, and, and I've gotten really good at just not doing it, but I, I haven't always been as blunt as far as my reaction. And uh, a friend of mine, I could, was really pressing on me this last week to go do something. And I finally said, I said, man, it's not that I don't love what you're doing because I see that I see the value of it. I would love to do it sometimes. I said, but I only have so many minutes in a day. And I said, on top of that, I said, my, my wife's a priority, my kids, I do my podcast. That's part of my ministry, things that I do. And uh, I said, I just don't have time. And it's not that I don't want to. And I appreciate you constantly inviting me. But man, I'm not, it's not a season. This season of my life is not going to allow me to do it. I could tell a little bit, it was, it was kind of a little bit of frustration, but I felt like, you know what? If I just don't lay it out on the line and just let them know, like, I just can't. There's only so much of me to go around. Anyways, I just threw that out there. It's funny when you talk about that. Uh, you're familiar with Nick Unsworth, I assume, because he's there in San Diego. I interviewed him. Oh, my gosh. That was probably episode somewhere in the first five that I did. So it's been a while. But he called it FOMO. So it's a fear of missing out. And I, I'm pretty sure it was him. And I started laughing. I'd never heard that term. And it made me laugh <laughs> so hard. Because sometimes I'll stay up till 1 o'clock in the morning doing something. I should have been in bed at 10 but I'm like, oh, I just, I might miss this, or I want to watch this, or I want to do this. And then one o'clock rolls around, and I'm like, you stupid. You knew you should have went to bed at 10. So, yep. yeah. Oh, yeah. Happens to all of us. Yep. It happens. What, uh, right now is, uh, as we start wrapping things up, I know you need to go and things like that. But what has been a recent book 
for you. Talked about the Bible and Rich Dad Poor Dad. Is there another book that you've read recently that you'd like to share with our listeners? I can't really say like a, a book because since September till about last month, I was reading the book of Acts. So I was just, yeah, I can't really say like a like a secular worldly book. But I Okay, was, so let's do that. Yeah. Book of Acts. What was, uh, give yeah. me just a brief man, one awesome takeaway for you out of the book of Acts. Power of the Holy Spirit. Acts Acts one eight is that you shall receive power. Power of Holy Spirit is going to come upon you, and then you're going to be witnesses to Samaria, Judea, and and all the ends of the world. They were all led. They were all led by the Holy Spirit, and I mean, they all spoke. They were all in unity. I mean, they started speaking in tongues. It was just out of control. Like, but they were all just in submission to the Holy Spirit. And we can do things our own strength, but it's very limited to what the power of the Holy Spirit will do. You know, you might have a vision of opening up a church and God's like, well, just let the Holy Spirit lead you and I give you a mega church if you want to. I mean, it's just, I'm just talking about like, you know, that, that type of power is to be led by the Holy Spirit. And I've been seeing that in my life where I, when I do submit myself to the Holy Spirit, I radiate so much love where I have compassion for everyone in it. And it just, I just glow. I just, it's so different. Even my wife's like, man, like, she's like, you're just turning me on right now because like of who you're being, like how you're speaking and how I see you lead the family. And it's just, it's submit to the power of the Holy Spirit and don't do it on your own strength. That's funny you said that. I'm, I'm dying laughing right now. You said, uh, your wife said, uh, that turns me on. And, and I'll tell you why, because so many men have the concept that if we lay our lives down and we serve Jesus, and I'm saying men or women, but mostly men in pride thinking that it makes us weak. And what it does is, is it, it gives us confidence. It gives us boldness. We walk in the identity of who we were created to be. And within that, that radiates to our spouse. And it's the opposite of what the world thinks, that our mindset thinks it, it makes us weak or it does these things. But in, in actual reality, it makes us strong. Yep, absolutely. So, okay, I want to ask you, Pete, as we wrap up, I do want to ask you this. I never skipped this question. Man, you get to go back to the younger you like Tom Hanks and Big, okay? You get to give yourself any advice. You get to pick the age. But you can't change anything that's going to happen in your future. It's going to happen no matter what. But you can give yourself some encouragement and some real solid advice. What are you going to tell yourself and what age? I would tell myself to really commit. That's the key word. Commit to your relationship with God. Don't, don't, uh, don't romance the world. Don't live one foot in, one foot out. Don't be lukewarm. It's just really commit to your relationship with God. And I would have, sh- and I would share my favorite verse, which is Matthew six thirty three. Is but f- seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and everything else will be added. I love it, man. That's some great advice, uh, Pete. Where do our listeners? Where can we find you? Things that you're doing, whether it's for real estate, your courses, things that you're doing. How do we find you, brother? The best way to reach me is through Facebook. So I have a personal profile and a fan page. So you could just type in Pete Sanchez the third Roman numeral three. So that's how you can find me. Send me a friend request. Send me a message. Love to stay connected with you. Encourage you. You know, leave comments on your pictures or whatnot, and just yeah, just you know, hopefully I can inspire you. And I put a lot of content on my Facebook that would. And it's always wants to glorify God. So hopefully I can inspire you in any way to really go out there and just be led by His Spirit. So. Awesome, man. Pete, hold on just a second. As we wrap things up, Roar Nation, thank you so much for joining us today. It has been a pleasure. I hope Pete's story 
has inspired you to go out and kick some butt. Because the thing is, God put in you gifts, talents, abilities to go change the world, whatever mountain business, uh, whatever you're called to, workplace. And uh, here at Roar Nation and Are You Real, we want to see you thrive. So please jump on, uh, rate and review us, share the podcast with your friends and family. And most importantly, just remember at the end of the day, be real, be authentic, be you. God bless. That's all for this episode of Are You Real? Finding the Authentic You. Be sure to go to areyoureal.org for your free questionnaire to identify your gifts and talents and how you can use them to help people become leaders and catapult them into their destiny to help others become the leaders of tomorrow. We appreciate you spending your time with us and look forward to helping you reach out and revolutionize next time on Are You Real? Finding the Authentic You. Oh, 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 oh,